So Daryl Jackson decided to leave beautiful Miami, Florida. He spends like two weeks in Tallahassee and is like, get me out of here. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And yes, we're here on a Sunday because there's too much going on not to have a Sunday episode. We're going to open it up to Q&A today. And we're going to start with one of the wildest topics in recent memory, like this Daryl Jackson story and this saga, uh, this is to me a lot more fun than the Cormani McLean thing, which is getting aggravating. But this Daryl Jackson saga, like this is this is the drama I didn't even realize I needed this in my life as someone who covers the Miami Hurricanes. So if you'd ever like to tweet us questions that could go on a future mailbag episode, you can tweet us at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. So we get this question from a guy who goes by Kane fan on Twitter. He says, sup Dono, we got Daryl Jackson back yet. So Daryl Jackson, you guys know, uh, I like him a lot, both as a football player. You're talking about a six foot six, over 300 pound defensive tackle with a seven foot plus wingspan, uh, who was a starter this past season at defensive tackle for the University of Miami. I'm also a big fan of his, as a man, I think he's a really, really nice dude. And like, I don't want anyone to think, oh, this guy quit on the team and now he wants to come back. There are so many other factors that were at play for the decision he made a month ago and the decision he might be making now. So this is crazy. So Daryl Jackson, in early in the transfer portal when it opened in December, he announced he was leaving Miami and he was committing to Florida State. Now, the big factor for him, something that's been going on in his life, is he was leaving Miami specifically for Florida State for family reasons, right? Reports of his mother being ill, who lives near Tallahassee, and him wanting to be closer to his mother and closer to his family. Now, folks, let me just say this. I do not know enough about Daryl's personal life or family situation to know what has changed there, if anything. I do not know. And if I tried to talk about that, I would only be wildly speculating. But I do know that Jackson's original decision to leave Miami for Florida State was not a football decision. He didn't just decide, you know what, I don't want to play here anymore. It was nothing about Miami's defense or Miami's coaches that he didn't like. It was a personal family decision for him. So maybe something has changed there. Some of the factors in his life has changed where he decided, you know, I can take care of my personal business while also playing at the University of Miami because I never wanted to leave in the first place. So this saga was first reported on Friday by Brandon Sinoni, who is the uh, one of the Florida State experts for 24-7 sports. So Sinoni was the first one to bring it to my attention and to our attention collectively that despite the fact that Daryl Jackson had announced he was leaving Miami and transferring to Florida State, Miami was still trying to get him back, that Miami was trying to get him back home to the 305 and that he was receptive 
to Miami to possibly coming back to South Florida. Then on Saturday, Sononi had an update that appeared to be good news for Florida State, saying basically Daryl Jackson was in his car beginning to drive to Miami, and then Florida State, I guess, convinced him to turn the car around and to stay in Tallahassee for the weekend, and he wasn't coming back to Miami. But then on Saturday night, um, Jackson put out an Instagram story with a photo where he captions the photo about like how he's smiling. His pearly whites are smiling from ear to ear. And the photo appeared to be taken from Coral Gables, specifically taken on campus at the University of Miami. And, you know, people who are very familiar with Miami's campus have uh, have figured out that it appeared the photo was taken outside of the Frost School of Music at the University of Miami, that Daryl Jackson was back on campus. And I've done as much due diligence on this situation as I possibly can. Now, when Sononi first reported it on Friday, had not been on my radar whatsoever. I just assumed Daryl Jackson, he gone. He's a semel now. I just assumed that he was gone. And then I start to see these reports surfacing, and I'm asking as many people as I possibly can who might have information on this. And everyone that I talk to seems pretty optimistic about Miami's chances here, that Daryl Jackson could very well be coming right back to Miami. Now, something to note, because I've been asked this a lot, isn't he now bound to Florida State? Like, how does he just come back to Miami? So for transfer portal guys, you don't sign uh, initially like a binding document that recruits sign coming out of high school, like a national letter of intent, that you are officially considered a member of that team or a member of the new university once you actually officially enroll academically. And from what I can gather... Jackson never finished that process with Florida State, that he hasn't finished his enrollment process there. So you could cut to simplify the situation. You could say that he could just come right back to the University of Miami. And basically, we can just all pretend none of this Florida State stuff ever happened. Like, just kidding. It was a bad dream. Don't even worry about it, that he's not finished that enrollment process. So there is an important date to watch here. And that's actually tomorrow, January 9th. That's the day when Florida State's classes for the spring semester begin, okay? Miami's classes don't actually start for another week, eight days. They start on January 17th. Florida State's new semester starts tomorrow, Monday, January 9th. So if Jackson is back on campus at Florida State and enrolled in classes at that point, um, you've reached the point of no return and he's a seminal, okay? But we're going to know what's going on tomorrow because believe me, Every reporter who covers the Florida State Seminoles is going to be figuring out, is Jackson in Tallahassee right now? Is Jackson on campus? Is Jackson taking classes? And if he's not, if he's not in classes or enrolled at Florida State by tomorrow, we're going to have a pretty good idea that the Miami stuff is for real, okay? So again, um, you know, Jackson never made this Florida State decision. It wasn't a strictly football-based decision. It was a personal-based decision. So uh, if he does end up basically making a U-turn and coming right back to Miami, I'm not going to hold it against him. I'm going to welcome him with open arms because he seems like a great guy. And the other part of it is, yeah, I'll admit, from a football standpoint, he is not only wanted, but he is needed because Miami, as we've talked about on this show, ad nauseum, Miami is thin at defensive tackle. And if you could bring Jackson right back, 
uh, who started all of last season, pair him up again with Leonard Taylor while also having Thomas Gore in that mix now who just transferred in from Georgia State, and I like him a lot, and having Jared Harrison Hunt, and then hopefully Miami can still land some more bodies in the portal. This would just be – it would be unbelievably critical for Miami's depth at that position. Uh, and Miami, you know, if you can bring D-Jack back – D-Jack back. I like, we should make a T-shirt of that or something. D-Jack is back. We can figure out a marketing campaign for this. If you can bring him right back, then suddenly the complexion of defensive tackle looks a lot better. And Miami has obviously done a lot of work at edge rusher. The complexion of that position looks really good. So this is pretty exciting stuff. We'll see if Miami and Daryl Jackson can get this over the finish line. But I hope he's going to be a Miami Hurricane again. Now, elsewhere, uh, Miami did receive visits over the weekend from Purdue defensive tackle Branson Dean. Uh, who was uh, kind of a, uh, a surprise. I don't know if it was a surprise to him, but it was uh, the last time we spoke, I did an episode on Friday. I did not know that Dean was visiting. That one came out late on Friday that he was coming down. We have known for almost a week about Arkansas defensive tackle Isaiah Nichols, who did visit. Uh, I think both of them just have one year of eligibility left, graduate transfer situations. Dean has been a, a three-year starter for the Boilermakers. Uh, Nichols started uh, last year for the Razorbacks, was a rotational guy before that. So, you know, Miami has options there. Now, another one, we talked about this one on Friday, who unfortunately has not visited, and that's Justin Rogers from Kentucky. That's really the guy that I want. When you're talking about bringing in a, a tackle from the portal, Rodgers ha has been has been a force for the Kentucky Wildcats, had a great year last year, and he's in the transfer portal. He had to postpone his visit. Uh, Gabby Arudia from 24-7 Sports reported that the visit is not completely canceled, but it was postponed. And uh, according to Kane Sport, the reason why Rodgers hasn't visited is there's – an issue with him not being able to transfer his credits or at least some of his credits from Kentucky to the university of Miami. So unfortunately that's something the coaches don't really have any control over. Although I'm sure the coaches are calling up the admissions office, like every five minutes, like, Hey, any progress on Rogers, any progress on Rogers, but that's obviously out of the coach's hands. That's an administrative thing. Uh, so we'll see if that can get worked out because apparently Roger still wants to visit, but you know, he's not going to visit until like he knows, can I actually come and transfer my credits there so I can get closer to my degree or not. So um, that doesn't help Miami's chances, right? Because if a visit gets postponed, there's always a chance that a, they can never clear up this issue, which would be unfortunate. And B, you postpone the visit, you give him more time to think about other spots that he's visited or will visit that obviously hurts Miami's chances. So I, I hope there's a happy ending here from a Miami standpoint with Justin Rogers, but I don't know if there's a, a happy ending to be had there. Uh, I want to get to more visit updates, transfer portal notes. Uh, Recruiting-wise, Miami did miss out on a big one for the class of 2024. We will talk about that and more here on Locked on Canes. But let's talk about the awesome folks at LinkedIn Jobs. Hey, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve those goals. LinkedIn helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast 
and for free. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. These are some of the reasons why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today and your first watch. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So we get a question from Nebraska Kane who asks us Hey, is there a certain wide receiver you feel better about landing? He's talking about the transfer portal. Um, Honestly, folks, uh, for as much as I can praise Miami's recruiting on most every position and transfer portal for most every position, I feel lost when I'm talking about Miami's wide receiver recruitment from the transfer portal. It's felt for a month like Dante Thornton out of Oregon is the top target. Now, Thornton, I was reading this morning, He's going to be apparently announcing on Monday, tomorrow, Thornton is going to be announcing. And I hate to say it, but I like the Tennessee Volunteers' chances for Dante Thornton better than I like Miami's chances. I can't say it for sure. A lot of this is just what I can gather uh, listening to what the Tennessee experts are saying and what the Miami experts are saying. You know, if you were to ask me the same question, like, I don't know, two weeks ago, where do you think Dante Thornton ends up? I would tell you Miami's the leader in the clubhouse, but seems like Tennessee is the leader in the clubhouse right now. And I would consider that an L if Miami doesn't land Dante Thornton, because he's got a good relationship with Mario Cristobal, who recruited him to Oregon. And they had a good uh, they had a good chemistry on the field then. And that seemed to play a factor here in his transfer portal recruitment. If he ends up at Tennessee, then Miami is missing out on a target, and I would consider that an L for Miami. So I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope he ends up, uh, you know, maybe we'll find something out tomorrow, like late momentum. Miami's right in there. Maybe I'll be able to drop a Dotto ball for him to Miami. But as of right now, I feel better, feel better about Tennessee's chances than Miami's chances for that player. Uh, we'll see how this situation develops. Uh, Miami has offered Michigan transfer Andrell Anderson, who we, we talked about him a little bit on Friday's episode. Uh, very, very inconsistent, kind of streaky player. I think there's a lot of potential for Andrell. Uh, you know, he had an incredible game as a freshman two years ago against Michigan State, where he caught 155 passing yards and really took over that game. Uh, hasn't really had a whole lot to hang his hat on since then. He just finished his second year, but he does have multiple years of eligibility left. He's got a lot of potential. I think we're going to find out how much he actually likes Josh Gaddis, who was his OC his first year at Michigan. Like, can Gaddis actually get him, hey, follow me here to Miami? We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, – get finding these outside wide receivers because Miami's got a lot of talent of shiftier guys in the slot – but finding these out, outside wide receivers, it's been frustrating. It's been a big challenge. Now, my favorite receiver in the portal, uh, and I, I'm sure he's a Miami target for what that's worth, J. Michael Sturdivant from Cal, he's a stud. But he seems to be favoring other options right now. I saw David Lake of 24-7 reported that his focus right now seems to be on – 
UCLA, TCU, or Tennessee? Is Tennessee going to get everybody? Are they going to get all the receivers and we get none? Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I've been following some of the uh, the UCLA uh, material on on uh, Sturdivant, who's leaving Cal. Uh, it, it seems like UCLA likes their chances for him, that maybe he wants to – different parts of the state, but maybe he wants to stay out in the West Coast and stay in the state of California. I don't love Miami's chances there for Sturdivant, but – he, he's an absolute baller. Like if Miami can find a way to land him, uh, you feel really good about your outside receiver spot. Um, now, another one Miami has missed out on as of this morning, because I, I was reading something early this morning. I woke up way too early on a Sunday, 5.30 a.m. What am I doing? Like, why am I waking up that early on a Sunday? I can't stop working. That's why. But Gabby Urudia reported, I think, late last night that Miami was after Georgia State receiver transfer Jamari Thrash, who is a former teammate of Thomas Gore. But then late this morning, Thrash officially commits to Louisville. So he's off the table now. None of the receivers Miami wants are coming. So I don't even know, man. Is this a uh, is this a, a, a recruiting issue from the current wide receiver coach slash offensive coordinator? A lot of people are pointing the finger there that, hey, look no further than, you know, the actual wide receiver coach for why Miami is having trouble landing certain receivers. So, uh, yeah, from a from a wide receiver standpoint, I do not feel very good about the transfer portal happenings at this point. There are other places where I do feel good. So Miami had uh, had a bunch of uh, portal visits over the weekend. We already talked about a couple of the defensive tackles who came in for visits. Um, now I feel very, very good about a couple of these visitors, Terry Roberts, the cornerback from Iowa, one of the highest graded corners in the big 10, the last couple of years, uh, and an, an excellent special teams player. Who's also a capable cover corner had a 79.9 coverage grade last year, which is very good. Now, one of the reasons why I feel so good about Terry Roberts, who just visited committing to Miami, uh, now, apparently, he's he's going to talk this over with his family before he makes his announcement. But family, his father, Terry Roberts Sr., was in our YouTube live chat on Locked on Canes a few days ago, and he told me his son's going to be a cane. So if he's talking it over with his dad, his dad already seems to love Miami. So, you know, we'll see if that becomes official. But I put in a Dono ball for Terry Roberts because if his dad tells me he's going to be a cane, I'm thinking we've got a pretty good chance to make this guy a cane, okay? So I feel really good about that one. And I'm also feeling really good about UCF center Matt Lee. He showed up in Miami for a visit. Uh, that was first reported Friday afternoon. So uh, the last time we had an episode was Friday morning. I did not know that Lee would be visiting over the weekend, but I did know Miami was heavily, heavily pursuing Matt Lee. And I believe there is mutual interest there between the two parties. Miami is aggressively trying to get a center just like him. I mean, this guy has been a stalwart with the Golden Knights for the last couple of years. He's got two years of eligibility left. Uh, I think he was uh, he was the highest graded offensive player on UCF and one of the top three highest graded centers in the country last year was Matt Lee. So I feel good about this. Um, so if, if you end up landing Lee, your offensive line is getting a tremendous facelift. You've already got Javion Cohen in the portal, who was one of the highest graded O-linemen in the country last year, hasn't given up a sack in his career past uh, past few years at Alabama. You can add Matt Lee into that mix. You've got 
uh, a gigantic, literally and figuratively, gigantic class of offensive linemen coming in, including two five stars in Francis Maui Goa and the Pancake Concho Samson Okunlola, who are capable of contributing right away. This is going to be a, a really impressive offensive line facelift if you can get Lee to come. Uh, so, all right, we're going to get to a couple more questions on the other side, including how a, a trio of Miami Hurricane signees performed at the All-America Bowl. Really good stuff for these incoming Canes. We will talk about them and more here on Locked on Canes. But let's talk about the awesome folks at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. Like, guys, I, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about locking in TCU plus 12 and a half. Let's see what happens. I know George is good, but TCU's been a Cinderella story. Let's see if that continues. You can find all those numbers at BetOnline if you want to prepare for that title game. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, so we get a question from Roy Pinto, who says, uh, I think this is more of a statement than a question. He says, this team only needs to land the following to have an excellent team with, uh, with talent. Uh, they need to land a defensive tackle. And you know what? They may end up landing a guy who was just a hurricane a few weeks ago, <laughs> maybe a hurricane again. Now, I think uh, if Daryl Jackson were to come back to Miami, he would not count as a transfer. You could just say he never left. He would count as just a guy who uh, who never left. He wouldn't count as a transfer. But, yeah, I would like to land, uh, if not Justin Rogers, one of the other tackles, uh, the one out of Arkansas or the one out of Purdue who just visited. Because Miami still, they need more bodies, more quality space eaters at defensive tackle. He says if Miami can also land a wide receiver uh, or a center, uh, you know, he sees this as being an excellent team if you can make those transfer portal additions. And for all the reasons we stated, I can agree with that. Uh, James in Miami Springs asks, hey, Dono, I didn't get a chance to watch the All-America Bowl, but I kept seeing highlights popping up of Hurricane signees who looked the best out there. Uh, I, I would say that the guy who looked the best out there, like three Miami Hurricane signees really stood out. But I would say the one who looked the best out there was Mark Fletcher. So Mark Fletcher, incoming running back out of American Heritage, everybody talks about this guy. He's he's just a power back, right? He, let's all hope he's better than Thad Franklin. Huh? Let's just hope he's a better version of, uh, of that power back who didn't pan out here at Miami. He's so much more than that, Mark Fletcher. Did you see the 80-yard touchdown bomb from Dante Moore that he caught. Fletcher is quick. He's got soft hands. That is something we've been saying about Fletcher on this show. Do not underrate him as a receiver out of the backfield. Has really good hands. And he showed it to you uh, on the ground as well. He, he can make people miss tackles. He's shifty, and he has some bursts. Like, do not just pigeonhole Mark Fletcher as a power back. This guy is a well-rounded back. Like, if he can put everything together, you could be talking about a Willis McGahee type. 
because he's got that kind of versatility with the size, that kind of versatility with the size. And of course, you know, another running back coming in, uh, Chris Johnson gives you that lightning speed uh, and that extra explosiveness. But Fletcher is a lot, lot more round, well-rounded than people give him credit for. We also saw some great stuff from Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph. Uh, he scored a touchdown on an end around reverse. And you could see uh, he was the fastest guy on the field. You saw the defenders that were in pursuit when he scored that touchdown. That's the kind of speed when you talk about bringing in Ray Ray Joseph, you know, along with Chris Johnson, who we just talked about. That's the sort of explosive game breaking speed that Miami has been missing. Okay. Because Miami's offense, you could say a number of different things about Miami's vanilla offense last year. You can put some of it on coaching, sure. But also watching Miami's offense in 2022, they just didn't pack enough speed and explosion. And you're bringing in fast, explosive guys as true freshmen this year. So I love it. I can't wait to see what Ray, Ray Joseph does in Miami. And Samson Okunlola uh, playing offensive tackle. The Pancake Honcho did well. Uh, here's what my colleague uh, Brian Smith from All Hurricanes wrote about the Pancake Honcho. He said, as good a performance as any offensive lineman that played in the All-America Bowl had. Samson Okunlola started at left tackle for the East squad and helped to protect game MVP and quarterback Dante Moore, who's a UCLA signee, quite well. When he passed protected, his quick first step allowed him to gain some good depth to stay in front of twitchy edge rushers. Like any prep offensive tackle, there's more technique to be had in pass protection because it's such a difficult task. He says, still, the All-American Bull showed that he's well on his way to being a top-notch pass protector for the University of Miami. So there you have that on the Pancake Concho, Samson Okunlola. The future's looking bright, guys. Future's looking so bright, got to put on some shades, right? That was impromptu, by the way. I just, I happen to have the sun. I don't plan this stuff, of course, because that would be really corny if I were to plan a stupid thing like that. Uh, but yeah, guys, if you have any questions for future episodes of the pod, we did some mailbag today. We'll do some more mailbag in the future. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Tweet us at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us, we will follow you back. We follow back from that. Unless like, dude, sometimes, because I usually just hit follow back on everybody. But then, like, one of every 10 people or so who follows us are these, like, porn spammers. And so, like, I'll hit follow back just without even thinking. And then they slide right into the DMs. And I'm like, what am I doing, man? What am I doing? So, unless you're a porn spammer, uh, we, will, we will not only follow you back, but we will keep following you back. If you are a porn spammer, good luck elsewhere. Because you're not getting that from me at Locked on Canes. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. We'll have a big Monday episode coming up, another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.